Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through 1 Thessalonians. Today is episode 372. We're looking at 1 Thessalonians 4, verses 13 through 18. Let's read our passage. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, concerning those who are asleep, so that you will not grieve like the rest who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, in the same way, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. For we say this to you by a word from the Lord. We who are still alive at the Lord's coming will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the archangel's voice, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. That we who are still alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. This is Paul's letter to the church at Thessalonica during the second missionary journey. This is a year AD 51. Paul has traveled into Europe. Greece, up the upper area of Greece, Macedonia. He was in Philippi, then Thessalonica. There was a lot of a lot of opposition to Paul's preaching, and so they left Thessalonica, went down to Berea, then down to Athens, and then finally Corinth. Paul sent Timothy back to Thessalonica, and Timothy's rejoined Paul in Corinth. And based on Timothy's report, this letter is sent to the Thessalonian church. Now, Paul has already mentioned the second coming of Christ briefly back in chapter 2, verse 19, as he was talking about what is it we boast about when Jesus returns. He says for back in 2.19, for who is our hope or joy or crown of boasting in the presence of our Lord Jesus at his coming? Is that not you? And so there he was saying, when Jesus returns at the second coming, what is it we really have to boast about? What we have to boast about is the lives that have been changed. And that's you. So he's already mentioned the second coming of Christ. Now, he's dealing with a topic here that obviously Timothy has informed him about, that there's a big concern here because Paul has talked about the second coming of Christ. But an issue has arisen here. What happens if somebody dies before Christ returns? And probably at this point, people have died and Christ has not returned. And so the problem here, what what happens with them? We're anxiously awaiting the return of Christ. And they're logically thinking it's going to happen soon during our lifetime. But if somebody dies before it ever happens, do they miss out? Are they lost? What, What really happens? So Paul's given them some issues here to give them hope. So verse 13, it says, We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, concerning those who are asleep. So he wants them to know. He doesn't want them to be uninformed. And the issue is those who are asleep. Now, referring to people who are dead as asleep is a common thing. You know, Throughout the Old Testament, often it would talk about uh, many of the patriarchs. And they, and they went to sleep with their fathers, speaking that they died. So referring to death as sleep is, is not an unbiblical concept. It's specifically, though, appropriate in our Christian context, because those of us who hope for the resurrection, 
of all, we know that it, a sleep is a better description than death. And even uh, there are some groups who believe in something called soul sleep. That is, you really cease to exist when you die, and it's not until the resurrection that you're recreated. We don't subscribe to that. We say, okay, when you die, you go to be with Christ immediately. And the resurrection is when the bodily resurrection takes place. So he describes them as asleep. And the reason we don't want you to be uninformed about those asleep is so that you will not grieve like the rest who have no hope. Well, if death is death, then death is something really to grieve about. If death is the end of things, but he says, we don't want you to grieve like them. They have no hope. Now, it's not that it's inappropriate to grieve. Yes, we still grieve. Even Jesus grieved. When Lazarus died and Jesus went to the grave of Lazarus, fully intending to raise him from the dead. Jesus still grieved over the death of Lazarus. But the point is that we grieve, but we still have hope. Hope in the future. So the issue here is not grief. The issue is hope. The hope of the resurrection. It was on verse 14. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, pause right there, and we do, we do believe that Jesus died and rose again. It says, in the same way, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. So this is the basis of our hope, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Just like Jesus died, but rose again, those who are followers of Christ who died will rise again. Notice he refers to those who've gone on before as asleep, but Jesus didn't fall asleep. He died. And it's we often talk about those in a little different ways. When we talk about the death of Jesus, we're talking about the penalty of sin, which is death. And Jesus took the penalty of sin on himself. So when we talk about Jesus dying, we're talking death, not not the hope of resurrection. But then Jesus did rise from the dead and proved that all the things he said were true. And so Paul says, in the same way, God will bring with him those who fall asleep. So just as Jesus rose from the dead, so too those who fall asleep in Christ will rise from the dead. He goes on verse 15. For we say this to you by a word of the Lord. We who are still alive at the Lord's coming will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. Now, curious here, he says, a word from the Lord. Now, when Paul talks about the Lord, he's talking about Jesus. And so this is a, a word from Jesus. We who are still alive at the Lord's coming will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. That's not in the Gospels. So when did Jesus say this? There's two possibilities here, and pick which one you like. Some say, okay, this was a saying of Jesus, and it's just not recorded in the Gospels. There's a whole lot Jesus said Jesus did that's not in the Gospels. In John's final chapter, John says, and there's a whole lot more that went on that I haven't recorded for you, but I have recorded this so that you can know that Jesus is the Christ and have the hope of eternal life. So there's a whole lot that went on in the life of Jesus, a whole lot that Jesus did, Jesus said, that's not in the Gospels. So it could well be this was a saying of Jesus. 
but the gospel writers just didn't include it. Or it could be that Paul's saying, and the Holy Spirit revealed this to me as a word from the Lord. We don't really know. We just have to trust Paul that, yes, this is a word from the Lord. And the word is, we who are still alive at the Lord's coming will certainly not precede those who fall asleep. Now, remember the whole issue here. The question what the, is on the mind of the Thessalonians is, what happens to those who die before the Lord returns? And Paul say basically, they go first. They rise first. They give some more of uh, a picture, kind of a description of it in verse 16. He says, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the archangel's voice, with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. So some things to remember here is the Lord himself. This isn't an angel being sent. This isn't some emissary being sent. This isn't anything other than the Lord Jesus Christ himself will descend from heaven with a shout, the archangel's voice, with the trumpet of God. Now these three separate sounds, the shout, and who's the shout from? Is it from the Lord himself? Sounds like it. So with the Lord shouting, with the archangel's shouting with the trumpets are these all different things or is this just a way of describing the heralding of his coming but it's hard to say i sounds like three separate things but the big thing here is that there's fanfare now in some people's systems of eschatology which just means the the study of last things they have this Thing called a, a secret rapture. And what's describing here is the rapture. Now, this doesn't sound like a secret rapture. You know, this is the, the Lord descending from heaven with a shout, with the archangel void, the trumpet of God. Nothing secret about this. So those that want to have some kind of secret rapture, uh, it doesn't quite fit with this. But the big point here is Christ is coming. It's the Lord himself. And he's coming in glory. He's coming with a lot of fanfare. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Verse 17. Then we who are still alive who are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. So then the Lord comes from heaven. He descends with the fanfare. And the, those who are dead rise to join him. Then those who are alive rise to join him and the others. So you have this great reunion of all the saints right there together and then caught up together to be always with the Lord. Now the word here, caught up in verse 17. Those who are still alive will be caught up. Now the Greek word here is harpazo. This is what's generally described as the rapture. Rapture is a Latin word, which means carrying off. So the, the word rapture isn't really in the Bible, but this is what's described here. And this is the, the place where it actually is described. This is the, the most blatant description of the rapture. Verse 18, though. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Now, before we go any further, What's the purpose of what Paul is doing here? It's verse 18. Encourage one another with these words. His issue here is 
answering the question, what about those who die before the Lord returns? And the answer is, they go to be with the Lord just like we do. That's the purpose of this. And there's just not a whole lot here. Now, it is fairly descriptive, and he does paint a pretty good picture here. Where we get into trouble is when we start trying to put this together with other little tidbits and create a, a whole system of the end times with this. Because there are a lot of systems describing how all this works together. You know, wait a minute, when we die, we go to be with the Lord immediately as spiritual beings. Then sometime later, we get a resurrection body, a glorified body. Is that what happens here at the rapture? Maybe. He didn't tell us that. And that's where when you start trying to put things together like that, can they really be put together? Well, they can be, but you can put them together in some other systems very easily too. So the, the issue here is understand what's the purpose of this teaching. This is to give them hope that those who die are not left out. They will be caught, brought to be with the Lord just as those who are alive at the second coming of Christ. Now, wait a second. Is this the second coming of Christ? A lot of systems delink the rapture with the second coming. Because the second coming is so often described as a, a point of judgment. And so the rapture, where the faithful are taken to heaven, then you have the tribulation, then the second coming, and the judgment. Does this work with that? It can if you put it together, but you can put it together in a lot of ways. So if you look at uh, systems like post-millennialism, amillennialism, pre-tribulation, pre-millennialism, mid-tribulation, pre-millennialism, partial rapture, pre-millennialism, post-tribulation, pre-millennialism, realized eschatology, all these things, put these together in different ways. And they all do it in a biblical way. They all do it with putting together the different descriptions of these end times in a biblical fashion. So be very careful that there's not the right way to believe. And, you know, I just, uh, my personal feeling is with the first coming, there were a lot of Bible scholars who missed it completely and said, gosh, we didn't see that coming. And I think it'll be the same thing at the second coming. The way it all plays out, we're all going to stand there scratching our heads saying, sure didn't see it coming that way. So just be careful with all the isms. And so one of the issues is, is the rapture the same as the second coming? Well, in some systems it is, and some systems it's not. But take this for what it is. This is assurance. This is hope. This is not to be a roadmap of anything. This is to provide hope for those who are living in some tough times, and, and they're still trying to figure out what all this means and what it looks like. And the question they've got is, wow, so people are dying. The Lord hasn't come back yet. Did they miss the boat? And the answer is no, not at all. In fact, they get the head of the bus privileges having preceded us. So the whole point here is the hope of the resurrection for all followers of Christ. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue looking at 1 Thessalonians 5.16.